He moved quickly from the end window to the side window and stretched across the small formica top table and his stomach wobbled the sauce bottles he had left out for his tea. His fist smeared against the window so that he could better see the car as it went up the narrow road. His vision was obscured by a wild hedgerow, but he made out the red flash of the brake lights and he knew that the car had stopped. He darted back across the caravan and switched off his radio, and strained his ears in the new-found quiet. Very faintly, he could hear the drive of the car's engine as it turned in the roadway and skidded on the verge past the canal. He saw the bird, apprehensive in a tree across the water, watching. Then silence. Only the wheeze of his own breathing. His eyes were against the window. He saw no movement from between the hedgerow branches where the brake lights had shone. He cursed and hurried the three strides back to the end window of the caravan from which he had first seen the car. He looked both ways up the road, and he saw nothing. He went to the door at the back of the caravan, the end away from the road, and opened the door carefully and looked out over the fields to the squat farmhouse two hundred yards away. Smoke from the chimney climbed straight to the cloud ceiling. No sign of life. Again he strained his ears and heard nothing. He closed the door behind him. For two years the caravan had been his home. It had a single bunk, a table, a chair, a gas ring, a sink. Behind a curtain near the door was a chemical bucket lavatory. On the wall above the table was a photograph of his wife and one of two of his children. The photographs were fastened to the wall with old dried-out sellotape. His breakfast plate and mug lay in the small sink, Across the width of the caravan, at eye level, hung a string carrying two pairs of pants and some socks and a shirt. Because a cable reached from the farmhouse to the caravan, he had the electricity to burn a single bar fire. The caravan was his home. He had made out the blurred outline of two men in the front seats each time that the car had passed. He wondered why they waited. Perhaps they worked to a schedule and waited on their watches. Perhaps they allowed themselves a cigarette before coming to him. It was more than a year since he had been visited at the caravan. It had been two detectives then. He'd known they were special branch. They looked around and talked gently with him and said it was only routine and that if he stayed clean, then he'd be left to himself. The one had looked quietly around the caravan, and the other had spoken with a twinkling eye and a soft cork brogue. All right for a Belfast man to live down south, but Jesus, he'd better be clean, because if he was dirty, if he was provo-dirty, then he was in a heap of shit. And they'd shaken his hand, and called him by his first name, and closed the door behind them, and gone on their way. He'd been clean before they came to the caravan, and clean ever since. That was the last time that the young Kestrel had been frightened away at feeding time. He rubbed again at the window, and tried to see the car, and could not. It was two years since he had taken up the offer of the caravan on the farm of his mother's cousin. In the summer, if there was hay to be cut, then he helped, or if there was repair work to be done on the roof of an outhouse— then he would do it. Mostly weeks went by, 
and he saw only the old man at a distance across the fields. It was a lonely life, and Christ, for all that, it was better than the life he had lived before, two years back. Only on a Saturday evening would he take the bicycle into Vickerstown and drink some stout in a bar. He knew that his accent betrayed his origins, and wondered what the local men said of him. He was lonely because he did not seek the locals' company, nor was he given it. The bird was his only companion. The farmer had taken the fledgling kestrel from an abandoned nest a month after he had come to the caravan, and fed it on bread and milk and meat scraps to maturity. The bird wasn't tame, not so it could be touched, but it nested within sight of the farmhouse and the caravan, and it came most days for food. He talked to the bird, softly, so as not to frighten it.